You are listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast, where you can hear the latest messages and other conversations as we strive to go serve and love in our communities. If you want to know more about us, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org. If you've enjoyed our podcast, be sure to subscribe and check us out on YouTube. There should be joy in the house of the Lord. Amen. This morning, there's something that has really, well, has really caught my attention lately, and this is what I want to talk to you about today. I want you to think about this. This is what we've heard from people these last couple of years. If it would not have been for our online services, I don't know how I would have made it through the chaos. They have lifesaver, especially when I can't attend in person. So I want to thank all of our staff and our tech team uh, for always making that possible. And for those of you who are still not able to come, uh, I'm glad that you're able to watch and I'm glad that we're able to still provide that. Now think about that phrase. I don't know how I would make it through the chaos without our online services. And I think that it speaks to many of us saying this, I'm hoping to get a fresh start in this new year. So today, in part two of our series on vision, I want us to look back to what God tells us to do whenever we need a fresh start. Both the Old Testament and the New Testament are filled with examples of God giving people fresh starts because God is the God of second chances, amen? He is the God of new beginnings. He is also all about starting over. He's the God who specializes in giving people fresh starts. Now, when we look at this theme in Scripture, the theme of a fresh start, I like to use the message translation of the Bible for these two or three verses here because when our translation uses the phrase made new, The message always translates it as fresh start. It's the same thing. So let's look at a few examples. Here's the first one in Zephaniah 10.6. I'll save the people of Joseph. I know their pain and I'll make them as good as you. They'll get a fresh start as if nothing ever happened. Why? Because I am their God and I'll do what needs to be done for them. What an incredible promise. Aren't you glad that God knows and cares about the pain you go through? He really does. Think about that. He felt everything you went through this past year and the year before that. He feels everything that you're even going through this very second. Aren't you glad? Listen, I'll do what needs to be done to give you a fresh start. That's what God says to all of us this morning. You almost can't count the number of times in the Bible God gave his people, Israel, a fresh start after they messed up. And boy, did they. It didn't take them long, did it? Even though they saw miracle after miracle. Here's another example in Hosea 14.5, where God says, I will make a fresh start with Israel. They will burst into bloom like a crocus in the spring. After a season of cold and darkness, he says they're going to blossom with new beauty like spring flowers. And that's what I'm praying for our church 
as we hope this crazy, terrible thing called COVID ends sooner than later. Now, you may be thinking, well, that's great for Israel, but pastor, what about me? What about me? Well, Psalms 145, 14 says this, the Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. Have you felt like giving up before? Like quitting? Have you felt like, as we call sometimes, just throwing in the towel? You know what? Then you picked a great day to worship with us. Because that's what we're going to talk about today. Listen, it's always too soon to quit. Tomorrow, we're going to observe Martin Luther King Day. And Dr. King is best remembered for his famous speech, I Have a Dream. But what made Dr. King so great was that he courageously went after that dream. He just didn't dream it. He started going after it. So here's my question this morning. What dream has God given you? And when are you going to get started on it? You say, well, one of these days. Well, one of these days is uh, none of these days, okay? God's Word gives us simple steps for getting started on a fresh start. And there's a simple acrostic that I'll use today. It's simple. S-T-A-R-T. So let's get started on fresh start here. Now, here's the first step. In a new year and a fresh start, the first step is always this. Stop making excuses for not starting. Have you ever been around someone who made excuses for everything? You've probably noticed people who are good at making excuses are rarely good at anything else. The biggest barriers to success are our own excuses. Now, let me show you what God says about four common excuses. And to be honest, you've probably given all four of them. Excuse number one of these four for not starting is this. I don't have what it takes. I don't have what it takes. Moses and Jeremiah and a lot of other people tried to use this excuse on God when he had an assignment for them. But my favorite example of I don't have what it takes is Gideon. You remember Gideon? Started out with 32,000. You remember? Ended up with 300. God told a young man, Gideon, I want to use you to liberate my people from the enemy oppressing them. And Judges 6, uh, verse 15 and 16, tells us how Gideon responded. And he said to him, Please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, But I will be with you, and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. You see, Gideon started making excuses. Now, here's the answer to your insincerity, insecurity when you say, I don't have what it takes. You're not going to do this by yourself. God says, I'm going to be with you. In fact, he says, I will never leave you or forsake you. That's still in the Bible. Amen. And that means you can rely on my power. You can rely on my presence. You can rely on my promises and my protection. There's nothing to worry about. 
I said this last week. One plus God is a majority. Next, the second common excuse that a lot of people use for not making a fresh start is, I have failed in the past. Amen? I have failed in the past. Well, welcome to the human race because everybody's failed. You are a product of your past, but you're not a prisoner of your past. You don't need to be a prisoner of your past. You're shaped by your past, but you're not a prisoner of your past. You have a choice. You're not a victim unless you choose to be. Now, I know without a doubt that in your past, other people have hurt you. And other people have harmed you. Maybe even other people have scared you. But nobody can ruin your life except you. Hear me again. Your past is your past. It's over. It's water under the bridge. It doesn't have to control you anymore. And by the way, did you know that God is far more interested in your future than your past. Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. You say, well, okay. What about all my failures in the past? Well, God says... Just admit your mistakes, confess your sins, and move on. That's what he says. Proverbs 28, 13 says this. Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain what? Mercy. That's a fresh start. And here's the third common excuse for not starting right now on your dream. There are things I can't control. Well, duh. Amen? Well, of course there are things you can't control. In fact, most of the things in life are beyond our control. You can't control the weather. I've been trying all eight years here to make it warm. You can't control the economy. You can't control other people. You can't control how long this pandemic will last, and a million other factors. And I really hate to tell you this, but you will never be able to control them. You see, you have to live your life for God and whatever He's called you to do in the middle of uncontrollable circumstances and problems. So what do you do? You control the uncontrollables and trust God, you, you, you control the controllables and you trust God for the rest. Because we cannot control the uncontrollables. There's just so many things that are out of our control. So here's the deal. So what can you control? Well, let me ask you something. Can you control your attitude? It's a yes or no answer. Yes. You can control your reactions. You can control how much you choose to trust God. These are the things that are your choice. I've talked to a lot of people in these past two years who still have put everything on hold in their life during all this crazy time. They act like they're in limbo. They do nothing. 
They're just waiting. And they're the ones getting the most frustrated. You see, limitations are just opportunities for creativity. You know what happened for Lima Baptist Temple? 2020 and 2021 ended up being two of our greatest years. Financially, starting small groups, launching ministries here in this community, and for reaching more non-believers than we've ever reached before. Why? Because the church is far more than just a worship service. It's family. And it goes all day, every day of the week, not just Sunday. Even now, our worship service is still well attended online. Proverbs 24.10 says this. If you falter in a time of trouble, how small is your strength? You see, my question would be, during these times, honestly, have you stopped trying? Have you just kind of given up? Have you just thrown in the towel? It is too soon to quit. During trying times, maybe you just need to understand that you've got to keep trying. Yes, there's a lot of trouble in the world right now, but you're not helpless. You know what I've noticed? I've noticed that the people during this pandemic who were complaining the most are often the ones who are not serving others. They're just complaining because their wants are not being met. You ever met any of those folks? Here's a forthcoming excuse for not starting now. I don't know what the future holds. Of course you don't. But we're never going to know what the future holds. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 4 says, He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. In other words, the first thing you do if you want a fresh start in a new year, you stop making excuses for not starting. Now, the next word on our acrostic starts with T. Take stock of what I have. That's the second step in getting a fresh start. What I mean is you list and evaluate what you've got to work with. In other words, do a personal inventory. You say, how do I do that? Well, let me give three questions to ask yourself in making a fresh start this year. The first, ask, what are my assets? Now, you look at your own God-given shape. Spiritual gifts, hearts, abilities, personalities, and experiences. And along with that, you look at your physical assets, your spiritual assets, your educational assets, and your financial assets. Colossians 2.10 says this, In Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. Now that's a great asset. It means you don't have to know the key men if you know the man who holds the keys. And he holds the keys to hell. He holds the keys to everything. Amen? Because he has authority over everything else. So you ask, what are my assets? First, ask, what have I learned? What have you learned from this past year? Sit down and write down some lessons that you have extracted 
about life, about yourself, about your family, about God, about your career. That's the thing to get you into a fresh start. Galatians 3, 4 asks this. Did you suffer so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain. I hope not. Don't waste your experiences. Now you want to especially pay attention to your painful experiences. Because God never wants you to waste a hurt. In other words, quit having a pity party. Poor me. Life is unfair. Things aren't going the way I want them to go. Instead, learn from your pain. Write down the lessons. Also, learn from your mistakes. But stop rehearsing them. Stop regretting them. Start learning from them. Because innovation is always built on failure. It's how we learn what doesn't work. So listen. So whenever you make a mistake, and you will, we all will, we do all the time. So whenever you make a mistake, don't call it a failure. You know what you need to call it? An education. Huh? Experience is the best teacher. Amen? Now, you can also review what you've learned through the Bible teaching. 2 Timothy 3, 14 says this. But as you continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. Well, here's the third question to ask in taking stock. Ask, who could help me? Who else could help me in my fresh start? Proverbs 15, 22. Without counsel, plans fail. But with many advisors, they succeed. You see, one of the most common reasons people fail to reach their ego, to reach their dream, is ego, arrogance, and pride. In other words, they're too proud to ask for advice. And if we'll be honest, some of us are too embarrassed and too proud to ask for directions. Huh? Amen? I mean, I got a GPS and I'm still directionally And I'll just pull over and ask directions. I used to not do that, but some of us are too, right? You understand what I'm saying. Let's just be honest. They think I can figure this out by myself. I got a dream. I figure it all out by myself. The Bible says pride leads to destruction. It also says that God gives grace to the what? The humble. Why? Because the humble are teachable. You're never going to have a fresh start if you act like you've already arrived. So I want to encourage you. You just need to recruit a personal brain trust of advisors to help you with your dream. Stop making excuses and take stock of your life. Number three, the A in start is this. Act in faith. Look at this. God is not moved by our complaints, but he is moved by our what? Faith. And in Matthew 9, 29, it says, then he touched their eyes saying, according to your what? Faith. Be it done to you. 
So you say, okay, pastor, how do I know that I'm acting in faith? You know you're acting in faith when you attempt to do something that you know you couldn't do by your own power. You see, when you're attempting to do something that scares you, it will force you to rely on God. Now, maybe you've never realized that goal setting is actually an act of faith. You see, when you set a goal, it's saying, God, with your help, I'm expecting to accomplish this specific task by this specific date. And that kind of goal is a statement God honoring faith. Most people never set goals for their life. Now, this blew my mind. I mean, literally. Look at that. Less than 1% of people set goals of their life. Why? Because of fear of failure and lack of faith. Now, you may ask, how can I set goals for this new year? I don't know how long This pandemic is going to last. Well, you can do two things. First, you can uh, do what's called scenario goal setting. Scenario goal setting. Scenario goal setting or scenario planning means that you set up multiple uh, goals and plans depending on what scenario happens. It's like, okay, I will do this. By this date, if this happens, but on the other hand, I will do that by that date, if that happens. You can have different scenarios. If this happens, I'll do this. And if that happens, I'll do that. That is what we call scenario go setting. Proverbs 16, 9 says, the heart of man plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps. Second, you can focus on character goals rather than activity goals. Yes, you don't know the future, but you can focus on character goals at any time. In other words, you can set goals on what you want to be. What you want to be goals instead of what you want to do goals. See the difference there? Ask yourself right now. What kind of person do I want to be by the end of the year? How do you want to be different? How do you want to be more like Christ? What weakness is it that you want to work on in your life? See, you've got, we're talking about uncontrollables. Guess what? You've got complete control over that no matter what's going on in your life. And by the way, God is more interested in what you become than what you do. God is far more interested in your character than your conduct. Why? Because you're not taking your career to heaven, but you are taking your character. Hebrews 11. Without faith, it is impossible To please God. That's why the third step in a fresh start is you have to act in faith. My question is this. What faith goes for next year will you set next week? That's your homework, okay? 
Now we go to the fourth step to a fresh start, and that's the R in start. And it's this, refocus my mind. If I want a fresh start, I have to do three things. And then I have to refocus my mind. If you want to change your life, you've got to change the way you think. Amen? You do. You see, changing your thoughts is the key to a fresh start in any area, any hobby, any career, a relationship, a marriage, and parenting. So let me show you some verses. Ephesians 4.23. To be made new in the attitude of your minds. You see, that's changing your mind. Changing the way you think. So what is a renewed mind? A renewed mind means you have fresh thoughts and fresh attitudes. Some of your attitudes are terrible. Some of your thoughts are wrong. So are mine. Surprise. So how do I refocus my mind? Well, sorry, that's an entire seminar, okay? But let me just give you a couple of tips. Number one, listen more to God's Word than the world. Listen more to God's Word than the world. I love this passage in Psalms, a very familiar one. That's one of the ways you renew your mind right here. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law, talking about the Word of God, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by the streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And all that he does, he prospers. So my question again, would you like to have a fresh start for the new year? Meditate on God's Word every day. Think about God's Word. Here's the second tip. Think about what I think about. What do I mean by that? You say, I don't understand. I'm saying when you think about what you think about, you don't automatically accept every thought you have. You know what you need to do with those thoughts? You need to challenge them. When you have a thought, you challenge it. You think about what you're thinking about and say, do I want to think about this? I mean, I can give you a word and tell you to not think about it anymore and you'll think about it till I get done. You know how that goes, don't you? When you have a thought, you ask yourself first, is this really true? I can't tell you how much that question will change your life. When you get a thought, you need to ask yourself, is this really true? It will change your life. Is this helpful? That's what you need to ask. That's another question. Is this helpful? Is it true? Do I want this thought? In other words, how does it make me feel? And do I want to feel that way? Are your feelings, I will say this, not are, I will say that all of our feelings, all your feelings are caused by your thoughts. And if you don't like the way you feel, what do you have to do? Change the way you what? Think. And if you don't like your thinking, well, then just replace it with a different thought. 
Let me tell you a little secret about your mind. You don't have to believe every thought you have. You see, that's a choice because not every thought you have is true. Proverbs 4.23 says this. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. God's word is the truth. And you need to rely on what his word says about you. <clears throat> and finally, we come to the last step, the T, and start. Trust that God knows what he's doing. Trust that God knows what he's doing. That's the fifth step to a fresh start in life and in the new year here. You don't know what he's doing, but you can trust that God knows what he's doing. You understand? He is a good God. You see, when God is working in your life, you often can't see it. Or if you can see what he's doing, you still may not understand why. But God's plan and God's intention for your life are always good. You can trust God knows what he's doing even when you don't understand why things are happening the way they are. I want to close with a principle and a promise. Here's the background of the principle. One day, God told a prophet named Jeremiah, you remember the story, to go to the potter's house and watch that potter making clay, making clay pots on the potter's wheel. Right there he is on the table. And God says, I want you to go to the potter's house and watch what's going on, and I will give you a message there. So Jeremiah goes, and he finds the potter's house there. And sure enough, the guy is sitting at the wheel, and it's turning, and he's taking a lump, and he's molding it, he's fixing it, and then he noticed something. And it's in verse 4 of Jeremiah 18. And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to do. You notice something? When we get lumps in our lives, God knows how to work them out. Man, we have to get back on the potter's wheel, and he'll put us there. See, Jer J Jeremiah, when he went to the potter's house, he noticed three things. Number one, Sometimes things don't turn out the way you intended. You believe that? Number two, when that happens, the potter starts all over again. And number three, he uses the same clay. He doesn't throw it out. You know what he does? He just takes the same clay and reshapes it. You see, it matters whose hands it is in. Amen? And after Jeremiah saw this object lesson, God explained in verse 5 and 6 of Jeremiah 18, Then the word of the Lord came to me, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter has done, declares the Lord? Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. That's both the principle and the promise. Now, this last year, 
or even before that, you may have really made a mess of your life. And it may have been marred by decisions, maybe decisions of others, the actions of others, or by your own decisions and actions. And your part, your pot, who you are, is scared and scarred from poor decisions you made and things that were done to you. And as a result, your life has not turned out as you intended. But can I tell you something? You're not the potter. God is the potter. And guess what? You're the clay. But you're in good hands. And just like the potter, God doesn't throw out our original clay that's been misshapen or scarred by circumstance. God doesn't waste all of the pain that you've been through. And he doesn't throw out the personality of your essence he gave you. No. Instead, he takes every part of you, just like in the Clint Eastwood Western, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Everything you've experienced in life up to this point. And you know what he does? He puts it in his gentle, strong hands. And once again, you're in his hand. And God starts over a fresh start on shaping your life. And he begins to do a work on you lovingly but firmly like a potter. And listen, today God wants to do a work through your life. But he cannot do a work through you. And to first of all. He has done a work in you. And that's what he wants to do today. So whatever reason you came today. Maybe you came to. Because you've just grew up in church. And you know being here on Sunday is the right thing to do. You're what I call a bulletin checker. Check. Some of you came today because you didn't know there was any hope. And you come today and I hope that you have found hope. Many of you come today because you know what? There is joy in the house of the Lord. And you didn't want to miss that. You wanted to be here in the house of the Lord today. But you know what? Whatever you're going through today. Whatever you're going to go through tomorrow. Whatever is coming. Whatever you can't control. God says, hey, I've got government. And this whole world right here in my hand, I think I can hold you. I think I can shape you. Why don't you allow him to do that today? If you're here today, you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, why don't you ask him to come in your life and to save you, to shape you, to mold you? Just ask him to forgive you of all your sins and to be the boss of your life. And he'll do that today. Let's pray together. Father, this morning we thank you for your word and we thank you, God, as always, it's sharper than a two-edged sword. And Lord, my prayer today is that, Lord, if there's someone here that does not know you, that, God, they would come to know you this very minute. Lord, for others, many of us, God, who have just 
had crazy things to happen in our lives. God, sometimes we feel that, Lord, you're so far away, but God, let us understand that you have never left us. And Lord, you'll never forsake us. So God, today, I pray that whatever people need, Lord, that you will touch them right at that point of need. Lord, if they just need to come today and pray and ask you to just meet that need, that God, they would do that. For others here today, God, for whatever that need is, only you know it. And I pray that, Lord, you would meet them at the point of their need. Lord, if there's someone here today who's prayed to receive you as Lord and Savior, Lord, they would come and make that public. Lord, maybe there's others that just need to come and be baptized like the other four today. So, Lord, whatever needs to happen today, we pray that you would have your way in this service. It's in your precious name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Lima Baptist Temple Podcast. We hope you are encouraged today, and we would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request, a topic you would like to discuss, or want to share what God is doing in your life, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org forward slash central hub.